All right, all right, you can go ahead and have a seat. Y'all doing all right this morning? Hold on, let me ask that one more time. Are y'all doing okay this morning? Good. Man, it's great to be here. Man, I know I say it a lot, and I'm going to say it again. You could have gone anywhere today, but you ended up here. And I don't know how that happened. Man, some of y'all, y'all don't have a choice. You don't drive. And the parents say, get in. We're going to church now. Some of y'all, y'all have a choice, and y'all chose to be here. But one thing I do know, man, the God I serve is creative. And he got you here one way or another. And now that you're here, man, don't zone out. Zone in to what he wants to do in your life today. And so today, man, I'm praying for change this morning. See, for some of us, man, God wants to do a life-changing work in your life today. And what I mean by that is some of y'all, y'all are not alive yet. You're still living dead, all right? But he wants to pull you up out of death and bring you into life. But for others, man, he's already saved you. Man, you've given your life to Christ. But somehow, some way, man, you've kind of fallen off that path. And your heart has become hardened to the ways of the Lord. And so what he wants to do is he wants to do some heart surgery on you today. All right? Man, he wants to work on your heart today. His Holy Spirit wants to penetrate that hardened heart and soften that heart so you can see things the way that he sees them. And so you can leave here changed and being willing to walk out new ways for him. And man, for some of y'all, Man, he's changed your life. Man, your, your heart is soft. But not only has he changed your life, man, you kept that life change a secret. You have not told one person about that life change. You work with a ton of people. They don't know about Christ in your life. You come in contact with a ton of people throughout the week. You never tell them about that life change. And basically what you're holding on to is the greatest story that's ever been told. And you're a part of it, but you're choosing not to tell it to others. And so maybe that's you today. And hopefully, man, if that's you, man, stop keeping the greatest story ever bottled up as a secret and tell others. And so the prayer of my heart today is that the spirit will move through in, uh, man, in our church body today. Man, that's my prayer, that the Spirit would move in and through our church body today, but not just here at 6801 Wesley. See, there's a lot of churches all throughout our community that are gathering today at the same time. And man, we're not in competition, but it's one God, one goal, right? And so my prayer is for this church to be changed by the Holy Spirit as well as all the churches throughout our community. So if you're ready to get started, I need somebody to say, let's go. All right, man, today marks week four of a series that we're calling Abide. Yes, we are still in John 15. And yes, we will still be in John 15 for weeks to come because we are discussing that no matter the circumstances, we are called to abide in Christ. And remember what we said from week one, we're slow walking through this chapter together. Y'all look at your clock right now. I'm not making this up. It's 11 o'clock on the die. We in the church by John 15. I told y'all it's going to happen every Sunday, all right? Man, we just want to take it nice and slow as we walk through the truths that are found in Scripture. And so today, we will be sitting in verses 12 through 15. 
So go ahead. I mean, if you got your Bible, open up to chapter 15 of the book of John, and we'll be looking at verses 12 through 15. Remember, if you don't have a Bible, grab one of those that are located in the pew, all right? You can use it today. You can take it home and you can put it to good use all throughout the week, all right? It's our gift to you. Just remember, we're going to be in the Gospel of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament, chapter 15, verses 12 through 15. Remember that the big numbers are the chapters and the small numbers are the verses. So as you tap, turn, or scroll your way to John 15, let me also ask that y'all pray these three things with us, all right? Man, number one, that God would speak to us today. Number two, that we would listen. And number three, that that truth would set us free. All right, join me in praying those three things. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as a church family, we call out to you today. God, we ask that you would do these three things. They're easy to say, but they're so hard to walk out, and that's why we need your help. Number one, God, we ask that you would speak to us today. God, we don't want to just come and do church. God, we don't want to just come and check a box. God, we don't want to leave here the same. God, speak to us. Holy Spirit, soften our hearts, communicate truth to us. God, secondly, we pray that we would listen. God, I'll be the first one to say, man, I, there, there, I missed a lot of truth. It was spoken, but I didn't listen to it. My heart didn't hear it. God, I pray that you would give us ears that can hear. God, I pray that we would be doers of the word. God, number three, God, I pray that as you speak loud and clear and truth is proclaimed, I pray like the scripture says that truth would set us free. Man, set us free from what, God? That it would set us free from the sin that so easily entangles and traps us. God, that it would change us. God, that the way that we communicate to our spouses would be different because of what you've done in our life. God, the way that we talk to our children would be different because of how you're working in and through us. God, the way that we communicate with the people that we work with would be different. God, the way that we interact with people in this community would be changed because of the change that you've done in us. God, we ask all this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Man, like we said, we're going to be in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 15. We're going to have it up on the screen if you need it. But if not, man, go ahead and follow along in your own Bible or in somebody else's Bible. And we'll start with verse 12. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. Let's run it back to verse 12. Verse 12 says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Church, let me try to set the scene. Let me just try to recap and remind us what's going on right here. Jesus is speaking these words to his disciples as they probably stood in the upper room having risen from the table. And when we read this passage as a whole, we sense the emphasis created by Christ's repetition. There's a lot of words and phrases that he continues to repeat. And I believe that this is something that we can all relate to no matter our stage in life. 
man, whether we're a student, whether we're an adult, I think we can relate to this. Man, if your teacher or your professor repeats themselves, you better write it down because there's a good chance that it's going to be on the exam, right? Man, if you play a sport and your coach emphasizes something, man, it's not a suggestion. You better get it right and you better do it right, all right? Or you're probably going to be running laps. Man, when your mother has to say something a second time, well, actually, don't ever make mom say it more than once, all right? Because <laughs> that does not end well. Man, if you know, you know, right? Been there, done that, all right? Jesus is being repetitive because what he's saying is important. Man, he commands it because it's more than just a suggestion. Man, he means business. We are called to this. Man, Jesus really cared that his disciples love one another and that they do so according to the measure and quality of his love for them. Church family, we're called to love one another. Y'all say love one another. See, the apostle Paul, he echoes this sentiment in his letter to the churches of Rome when he writes in Romans 12, 9, and he says, the mark of a true Christian is seen by our love. And he doesn't just say our love, but he says we are to love with a genuine love, guys. We don't just need to pretend to love others. We really need to love them, all right? We're not called just to put up with one another. We're not even called to like one another, but we're called to truly love one another. Y'all know there's a huge difference between like and love, right? We talked about this about a year ago, but some of y'all looking clueless, so let me refresh your memory. Nobody just likes you with all their heart. Man, you don't see couples acting all likey-dovey, do you? Man, have you ever been in a like-hate relationship? I have with leftover Mexican food, all right? It's gross, all right? Peace, like, and happiness, that sounds miserable to me, all right? Head over heels and like, that reminds me of a yoga position called downward facing, shut your mouth, all right? You're a liker, not a fighter. Well, hello, wimp face, all right? Uh, if, if anyone shows you tough like, then you need to show them a cheese and knuckle sandwich, hold the cheese, all right? Like and marriage, more like lawyers and prenups, all right? Like does not conquer all. You don't hear much about like at first sight. When's the last time you fell in like? It probably didn't feel great. Sounds like a twisted ankle to me, swag, all right? And so here's the thing. Men, as Christ followers, if we're being sent out into the world to love one another, we have to understand what that means. And if we're being sent out in the world to love one another, we have to ask ourselves, why does it sometimes look as we're just going out into this world instead to compete with one another? Or if you spend time on Facebook to dispute with one another. Or, man, if you're not just a thug behind the keyboard, but maybe in person too, to fight with one another. One theologian, he explains it this way. Unity instead of rivalry. Trust instead of suspicion, obedience instead of self-assertion, those must be the rule of the disciples' common labors. In church family, that was true for the disciples a long time ago, but that's still true for our church family today. I mean, it's still true today. Let us be a church that runs towards unity, not rivalry. Men, it's hard, but let us ask the Lord to help us to lean towards trust instead of suspicion. God, help us choose obedience instead of self-assertion. Man, I know all of that is easier said than done, and that's why we need the Lord's help. 
And so look at verse 12. When we look at this and we read it, man, verse 12 makes it clear that we are commanded to love. But somebody say, how do we do that? Well, man, I'm glad you asked, all right? Man, he explains it at the end of this verse. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another. But listen, as I have loved you. That's how we do it. As I have loved you. We're not just being commanded to follow his words. But we're being commanded to follow his example. That's huge, guys. Let me say that one more time. We're not being commanded just to follow his words. But we're being commanded to follow his example. See, I've said it before, parenthood, that's one of the toughest hoods that you will ever try to walk through, all right? It's not easy. Man, if you're not careful, you'll get caught slipping. And see, as a parent, I'm sure you've been caught up in one of those grumpy, do as I say, not as I do kind of moments, all right? I know I have. Man, me trying to get my kids to stop yelling by yelling at them to stop yelling, all right? That doesn't add up, right? Me telling Parker, Takis and DP is not a healthy snack while I'm putting away the Takis and DP that I just snacked on, all right? Man, here's the thing. Jesus could have said, do this. The disciples could have said, why? And Jesus could have said, because I said so. But Jesus is not asking us to do something that he is unwilling to do. Let me say it again. Jesus is not asking us to do something that he's unwilling to do. Quite the opposite. He's asking us to do something, and then the music stops and drops, and he says, this is how you do it. All right, like he's saying do this, and then he's saying just follow my example. And then the disciples are looking at each other and say, this is how we do it. All right, and so like listen, man, all this is unfolding in verse 12, and then he goes into verse 13, and he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Jesus described the measure and the quality of his love for his followers, and then he said, hey, now that I have your attention, this is the blueprint. If you game, this is the cheat code, all right? Man, put this to use. This is how you should love each other. Follow my example. See, his love is complete and of surpassing greatness. He laid his life down for us, guys. Let us not forget that. That's the ultimate example of love. Like no man can carry his love for his friend further than this because when he gives up his life, he gives up all that he has. And so when it comes to loving others, if we're honest, we write checks that we can't cash all the time. Man, we say words, but we don't necessarily walk them out. Sometimes we say them and we don't even mean them. But right here, Jesus is saying, I'm writing a check that I'm literally about to cash in a few hours that's going to prove my love for you. And for the doctrine to which I command you to walk out, just follow my lead. Watch what I do and just imitate me. And then we go into verse 14 and look what it says. Verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Hold up. What did he call him? Did y'all catch what he called him? Y'all fill in the blank for me. You are my friends. Did you catch that? Man, they were friends because they were obedient to his teaching. Now, we understand. We got the whole story from the beginning to the end. And we know that they didn't do everything perfect. We know that they messed up. We know that they struggled. But we also know the same is true for us in our Christian walk, right? But listen to me. 
he calls them friends because they were obedient. Friendship with Jesus cannot be disconnected from the obedience to his commands. I mean, he calls us friends. You and I, he calls us friends. But church family, do our actions reflect that? And the reason why I ask that is because this has to be an active obedience, what we're talking about. Did y'all notice that? It says, you are my friends, what's the next word? If, one more time, you are my friends, what's the next word? If you do what I command you. Man, he's calling for active obedience. Church family, don't fall into the trap thinking that it is just sufficient if you only avoid what he forbids. Man, don't fall into the trap thinking that it's good enough if you just stop doing the things that he asked you to avoid. Because abstinence from evil, even though that's a great part of righteousness, that alone is not enough for friendship. He caused us to give up the things of the world, but to put on the things of his kingdom. So we must actively walk out this obedience by following his commands. Man, some of y'all, if y'all know me well, or some of y'all, if y'all have an office that's real close to my office, then y'all know I like to listen to music with a little bit of sauce on it, all right? And so last night, while the women of Ridgecrest were gathering up here and progressively dining all throughout Ridgecrest and they were doing things and, and raising money for Rafa, me, my daughter, and my son, we went to downtown Dallas for a rap and worship concert. Let me say that one more time because that doesn't, like, like some of y'all are confused about that, right? We went to a rap and worship concert. And, man, it was so much fun, and it was so good, all right? I'm just going to, y'all should have been there, all right? But, but, but let me tell you, like one rapper theologian, he put it this way. He said, it's easy to be Mr. Read a lot instead of just being Mr. Be a lot. Why do we define ourselves by what we are not? Instead of who we are, we just tell them what we've stopped. Putting on new, taking off old, but if you're only taking off, you'll be waking up cold. Church family, it's not just good enough to just be taken off the old. We have to be putting on the new too. It's not just about abstaining from the things of this culture, all right? But it's also about walking out the things of his kingdom culture. Man, we don't earn favor by walking these things out. Like we can never do enough to earn God's favor, right? We understand that, right? But here's the thing. We have his favor through grace, and because we have his favor, that's why we walk these things out. Man, I hope you're in a life group because we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, further throughout our life group questions. But in verse 15, let's look at what it says. It says, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that you have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Here's the thing. Jesus described the measure and the quality of his love for them as a love that treats servants as friends. Did y'all catch that? Man, he says, the love that I have for you, the love that I'm pouring out towards y'all, the love that I'm showing y'all, the love that I'm asking you to imitate, look what it does. It treats servants as friends. 
See, Christ, I mean, he was the rabbi, right? He was the teacher. And the disciples, they were his servants. They were the students. And in the relationship between a rabbi and his disciples, it was not expected for there to be friendship. Yet Jesus blows it up and he flips it upside down and he says, Rabbi, I'm going to call these disciples my friends. As their rabbi, I'm going to call these disciples my friends. And so in the ancient world, maybe your translation says slave or bond slave. Here's the thing. Man, uh, in those times, a slave could be useful, trusted tool, but could never be thought of as a partner. And it was possible for a bond servant or a friend to maybe, uh, maybe contribute similar help. But a friend could be a partner in the business in the way that a bond servant never could. And so that's important that he calls them that. And then look at the last part of that verse. It says, but I've called you friends for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known from you. Church family, they were friends because they didn't keep secrets, all right? Man, Jesus didn't keep secrets from them, but he openly revealed what he had received from God the Father. Man, when you think about this, a friend is a confidant who shares the knowledge of his superior's purpose and voluntarily adopts it for his own. And so if Christ has changed your life, man, stop keeping that life-changing story a secret. There's so many people in our families. There's so many people in our circle of friends. There's so many people in our community that need to hear that gospel truth. Instead of keeping it to ourselves, we need to tell the world what God has done. And so church family, man, kind of in summary, Jesus commands us to love others as he has loved us. And I don't know about you, but when I read this, it's easy for me to think, oh, my goodness, what an impossible standard of love. Like, how could I actually do that? How could I possibly obey this commandment that he gives us? The only way that I could love like Jesus is if he lived inside of me, empowered me to love like that. Hold up. Mind blown. See, if you've given your life to Christ, one of the gifts not only is eternal life, but it's the gift of the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with that. And so even though this commandment seems impossible, man, it's not impossible when we realize that he's living inside of us and he's empowered us to be able to love like that. And so if he has taken up residence in you via the Holy Spirit, man, you have that power. But if you have not given your life to Christ yet, make today the day. Tap into that power source that we talked about last week. And church family, never let us forget that this love that he's asking of, this love that he commands for us to live out, is demonstrated through sacrifice. Y'all say sacrifice. Say that word, sacrifice. See, Jesus sacrificed for us. And he says that the ultimate act of sacrifice is laying down your life for somebody else. Church, that's the greatest love right there. Sacrificial love. See, for the teenagers, y'all need to hear that. Because the culture would never say that. They want to act like, hey, this is love, but what this really is is lust. All right? Man, they would say, man, the greatest type of love is romantic or the greatest type of love is erotic. 
But right here, Christ's words is showing us the greatest type of love is sacrificial. So going without something for the good of somebody else, that's sacrifice. So church family, are you laying down your life for others? Men, are you laying down your life for others in your family? Are you willing to go without something for the good of somebody else? Are you laying down your life at work? Are you willing to go without something for the good of somebody else? Are you laying down your life for others at church? Are you willing to go without something for the good of somebody else? Man, I heard the sweetest example of sacrifice the other day. I was talking to somebody, and I, I just want to share what was told to me. Man, a, a young man and his bride, they were sitting before the doctor, and they received uh, the doctor's orders that she was not going to be able to even put weight on one of her feet for several weeks. All right, this is kind of crazy news. And so, man, as they were listening to the doctor's orders, the husband understood that his normal routine was going to not only have to be put on pause, but it was going to have to be completely changed, all right? So that way he could learn new ways to be able to care for his wife and, and come up with a new routine so he could walk that out. And so this man learned how to scramble eggs. This man learned how to cook breakfast. This man learned the really hard-to-learn ways of the laundry room, all right? He learned how to wash. He learned how to dry. And probably one of the hardest ones, he learned how to fold, all right, and, and put away. This man cared for his wife's every need without complaining because he understood that she had done the same so many of those years in their marriage. So, Dr. Sandin, man, thank you so much for your sacrificial love towards Fran as she continues to mend from that broken foot. And Fran, when she was sharing this with me, she was quick to share that the ladies in their Sunday school class had come together to provide wonderful meals for them. Every other day, they were getting a knock on the door with a new meal. In fact, they brought so much food that the Sandins went the entire four weeks without Jim ever having to cook dinner. That's an answer prayer for Fran, all right? <laughs> Whew. All he had to do was take the leftovers out of the icebox, put it in the microwave and warm it up, and dinner was prepared. In church family, this same picture of love, man, was, was, was right there just being poured out to them. And that's the picture of the church as the body of Christ, sacrificially caring for one another. As I told y'all last week, man, my family was the recent recipient of such love from families like the Shreves, the Wrinkles, the Potts, the Bosharts. We're grateful for that. Man, there are so many people who in our church body, they work tirelessly when they see somebody has, uh, you know, gone, uh, maybe lost a loved one or gone into the hospital or just given birth to a child. And, and they set up these meal trains, plans, uh, whatever. They, 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 they get people assigned to make meals for these people and they love on them. Man, let us never stop doing that. But let us not just do it for food, right? Man, let us be a church that never stops loving others sacrificially. Sometimes that means having to set aside our thoughts, our feelings. And this is even scarier. Sometimes our opinions for the sake of others. Man, Ridgecrest, there's, there's people in our church body that are hurting right now. There's people that are limping right now. And we need to see those people and we need to come alongside them and we need to be willing to sacrificially love on them, picking them up. And let's run 
together towards unity and not rivalry. Church, let us lean with one another towards trust, not suspicion. Man, let us choose obedience over self-assertion. See, we've been saying it over and over and over that a true disciple bears fruit. And what that means is if there's no fruit, then there's no disciple. Because if Jesus has taken up residence in your life, then you will be different. You will act differently, you will love differently, and you will live differently. And the greatest part about this testimony is the difference is not due to your strength, your effort, or your zeal. But the difference is due to the persistent work of Jesus Christ in you. So Jesus is alive. He's powerful, and he's actively at work in the life of the disciple. Let me rephrase it and say it this way. Jesus is alive, he's powerful, and he's actively, in, he's actively at work in this church. Man, an apple tree bears what? Apples, right? A banana tree bears what? Bananas. A peach tree bears what? Peaches. And a Christ follower loves, prays, and obeys Jesus. Let that be true of us. Let that be true of our church. Join me in prayer. Dear family, let us pray and let us ask God to do a work in our lives. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given us to be able to come here and worship you. God, sometimes we say things that sound tough, like no fruit, no disciple. But we understood from our text last week, man, if we're separated from you, then, then we have, we're, we're, we're not a part of you. And so, God, there's no life without Jesus. But if we have Jesus, then we are called to love, pray, and obey him. God, let us be a church that does just that. God, let us be a church that sacrificially loves one another. God, let us be a church that, that pulls each other towards unity, towards trust, and towards obedience. When we're slipping, somebody else, you know, carries us there. God, let that be true for us. God, if there's somebody here today that they have not experienced this sacrificial love, that they have not given their life to Christ. Maybe they've been to church their entire life, but they've never actually repented of their sins and given their life to Christ. God, I pray that they would do that today. God, I pray they would not wait another day. God, they would make it happen today. God, those of us that Man, maybe we've given our life to Christ, but our heart has become hardened to the ways of the Lord. God, soften our heart. Change us. And God, for those of us that have experienced life change, but we've never told anybody about that, God, let that resonate with us. God, let us not keep the greatest story a secret, but let us tell the world about it. God, we said it from the beginning and we'll say it now. God, we're praying for change. Change us. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would stand up, check this out. At this time, man, we're going to have a time of response and application.
And so I just want to echo some of the things that we just prayed. Men, if you have never given your life to Christ, you can do so today. Man, if you need somebody to speak to, I'll be sitting right up here on this front row. But if you don't want to come forward, I understand that. But, man, there are 20-plus people that will be out in the commons with a ginormous white name tag. Just find one of them. They will be ready and willing to stop everything to have that conversation with you. Man, for those of y'all that are just here and y'all want to say, man, hey, I kind of been slipping but the Spirit's been working on me. And man, I, I, I want to walk a new walk. And you need somebody to pray with you through that? There's people that are willing to pray with you through that. Man, let's use this time to, to reflect on what the Spirit is asking us to do. And let's praise Him with our voices.